You are listening to Lady Talk Radio for the woman who wants to live fully alive and wear her ambition on her sleeve. I'm your host, guide and creative entrepreneur, Stacey Ray. Join me each week with special guests as we dive in one radically honest conversation at a time. I believe ambition is not a dirty word. This is about self-mastery. I decided today I wanted to take the power back. back. Remain in love with life, knowing that despite challenges, there are always solutions. What would happen if we were all brave enough to believe in our own ability? What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. Well, I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. This is about, this is about self, self mastery. mastery. I'm enough, and I'm worthy of love and belonging and joy. Let us work at it together, starting now. Well, hello. Welcome back to the show. As you know, we are presently in Masculine May, where I am talking to men in our communities, well, about awesome stuff like men and relationships and transformation and communication and so much more. And today's guest, Don Goodeve, is a coach. He's a facilitator and a participant in deep men's work, which is always the best kind. You know what I mean? Like when people facilitate, but they also make sure that they participate. Love that kind of stuff. And he's also somebody that I knew would keep it real on this topic. And I wanted to particularly ask him about purpose because I knew that he had a program for men around purpose. And so we really attacked this topic and I got to ask him really like, is it about coming at it straight on? What does it really take to get connected with our purpose? And also we talked about men and what's going on in the world right now and why there is an urgency for us to come together and rise and what's really going down with men's work. Because I know some of you ladies are curious, you know, we do our own work. We have our own women's circles. We do these kinds of things. I know many of us do. And it's always like, you know, is the same thing going down in men's circles? Like what's happening? We're kind of curious, right? So we got some beautiful points along the way in this conversation. I know you're going to love it. Don is an accredited coach. He works with men, women, organizations to really support them in shifting out of drama and into what they are here to do and the difference they are here to be. And I just like how straightforward that is. Like just shift out of drama. I think we all need a little bit more of that going on in our lives, don't we? So as always, you know the drill. Share this combo with your friends. Put some stars on iTunes. And let's just get right into this combo. Dawn, welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I'm so excited about having you on the show. I've known you for a while, actually. And it's cool to reconnect at this part of your journey, too. I know you're up to some really cool work, and I'm really excited to have you a part of this series. So thanks for saying yes. Well, thanks so much for the invitation. I'm yeah. looking forward to this conversation. Let's get going. Right. And I love that you are up for the riffing. I always dig when somebody comes on and they're just, they're down to just free flow with me because this is where the most magical conversations tend to happen on this show. So thanks for that spontaneity with me. I have a question that I feel will open up this, this dialogue for us because I know the work that you're doing now is, is mostly with men and with Masculine May. The ser- this whole series is really about having men like you on the show and connecting with men in our communities and also hearing about work that's happening in the world with men and so Mm -hmm. i want to ask you why men why now and why you okay so three parts why men well that's the conversation that i know the best (laughs) so um yeah it's i've been called to um 
I worked with men for a while and I, I don't know, I'm looking at that wording and it's like being called to, like what does that really mean? Um, I would say I've, it's been a long-term struggle for me to come to terms with actually who I want to be and what being a man is about. Um, there's been a long struggle with like getting an idea of like, what I want to do with my life and where I want to go. And a turning point for me really came when I relatively recently uh, in the last three years, I got seriously involved in working with men's groups. And um, there was a process I went through with an organization called the Mankind Project, who I highly recommend it. Um, and it was the first evening of this retreat. And I just met with a whole bunch of guys that I'd never met before. It was a real last minute thing that I sort of dashed off to do this weekend. And after a few hours of work, I went to sleep on the Friday night. Um, and I woke up a couple of hours later with a lump in my throat and tears in my eyes, realizing I did not trust men that I felt I had no idea and no place in the conversation with men. But there was something that I just did not um, seem to fit. Like I was trying to, like for a lot of my life, figure out how do I fit into the society of men? And equally, how do I show up as powerfully with women? Like taking my place and occupying space. Um, so why men? I don't think I'm alone. I'm not atypical in having a struggle with trying to figure out what does it mean to be um, not just a man, but a, a powerful man, a man who occupies his space and a man who can be in partnership. A man who can be a leader and be a part of a bigger conversation. And having gone through that process, and you know, you and I met when we, we did our coach training, um, it, I really got that there was a conversation that was going on underneath that, that I actually had some access to, and I had the language for. And um, there's a part of me that's a writer and speaker and performer, and I love getting on stage in front of people. So there was an opportunity in that for me to like take some of these ideas, translate them into a form that I felt would be accessible and move that conversation forward. So is this the be all and end all of men's work? Yeah, probably not, because there are many men out there who are doing some great work. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a valid contribution. And I've seen the impact with the people that I've worked with through this program so far. Um, I think my my favorite example of this is you know a guy I knew for for a while and through men's work and um, I brought him into this program and within you know it was the first week of working he had an epiphany which he's been riding the wave of, the wave of since and it was a simple conversation but one that wasn't obvious mm -hmm. and. Um, so that really gave me some faith that there's some some non-obvious magic in here that I've somehow managed to tap into. And it seems to be 
from my experience is having an impact and I'm learning more as I go and I'm refining the program as I go, but you know, bringing those pieces into focus. So the question was, why men? I think I've answered that. Why <laughs> me? Yeah, I think I've answered that. Why now? Yeah, the last bit of that one is um, there's urgency. Um, for a long time, I've been looking out, frustrated by like the world of politics and everything that's going on in the world. If we're going to survive this century, and have anything like the civilization that we have right now, we've got to change the conversation because this ain't working. Yeah. And that means partnership. That means teamwork. That means getting our stories that are in the way of us seeing each other as human beings and tapping into that strength of who we are when we organize and get together and inspire and take action. We spend so much of our time wasting our energy in drama, you know, individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. And the time for that is over because, you know, we may end up with, you know, humanus dramaticus or whatever you like to call it, that sort of version of us that's preoccupied with this conversation of, you know, getting ahead, getting by or just consuming or whatever is going on. That is not who we are. You know, it's a conversation which is put on on top of who we are, and it seems to keep us quiet. <laughs> mm, yeah. down. I mean, you know, I've got nothing against Game of Thrones, but you know, now Game of Thrones is over. What are you gonna do? <laughs> are you gonna wait for the next thing, or are you actually gonna look at what that hole was that Game of Thrones was filling? and do something else with it oh i so appreciate you saying that yeah i feel that urgency too i do and i I, i'm noticing and i want to hear more about how you found your way to men's work and a little bit more of like your journey in that too because i think that what i've seen with women too is more and more of us are finding our way to our work and to our circles and our communities and other people who are doing the work and other people who are kind of waking up to that question what are you going to do with that hole you know Um, and I think that we're all kind of feeling it on some level. And I'm curious if when you found yourself being led towards men's work, if, if there was that, you know, that kind of something in your belly, you know, that rumble in you, or was that kind of a lifelong journey? Can you say more about that just in in terms of where people might be at and what they might be feeling called to? Yeah. It's something that's definitely been there for a while. Um, and by a while, I think the first encounter that I had with a men's group was through a friend um, in Bremble Bay. I mean, it would have been about 10, 15 years. 15 years nice. ago? Ouch. Wow. I love hearing that. That's so great. So, um, and it was an interesting encounter. I mean, at the point in time that I was at with my life, it's, you know, my marriage, you know, the kid, kids were starting to grow up and um, I I was experiencing the loss of connection and I was, there was part of me that was just like desperate to what do I need to do to get back into connection? Um, And of course I was externalizing a lot of that and looking, okay, well, what do I need to do so that this person will reconnect with me? 
it took me a long time to realize that it was I was missing the connection with myself. That was the bit that she was waiting for. Um, and you know, it went the way it went, and we did what we did, and all of that is okay. That's just where we were at the time. And you know, we're separated now, divorced, um, and we're co-parenting our kids, and we have a reasonable relationship. So things are where they are. They've worked out well. We've both got new relationships that we're in. Um, but what came out of that was I was looking for a connection, and I was looking for it with men because I think this is kind of the intuitive part. I felt that they could reflect back to me, me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up, I was the youngest of five, four older sisters, and um, shall we say a strong mother. So the conversation that I had growing up with was very much dominated by, you know, the female conversation. I won't necessarily say femininity. I think there was a lot of like masculine energy that was there. But it did lead to a way that I was relating to the world, relating to women and relating to myself where I didn't really see myself mm. and I wasn't really tuned into who I was and what this man thing was. And at the points in life where I came across men who seemed to have something and were open to sharing that, I was kind of, <clears throat> okay, I'm there. Teach me. Mm. I didn't realize that's what I was saying at the time. The person who comes to mind was um, my brother-in-law. So my eldest um, sister's husband, um, when I first met him, I was early teenage years, and there was this guy who was the one person I've ever met who would say no to my mum, which was quite remarkable at the time. And, you know, he dressed slightly crazy, he rode a motorbike at the time, which was something which was just kind of unheard of in our house. He was kind of this maverick character. And I just got this sense of, wow, that looks like freedom to me. I've never really experienced that. I've never really touched into that part of me. I wonder what it's like. Roll on all of the time to get me to, you know, this encounter with the, the men's group. And I kind of got that sense of openness and playfulness that was available there where I could take the mask off and I could be vulnerable and I could be open and I could cry. Um, and I could be angry, and that was all okay, and it was accepted, and there was space for it. I wasn't judged for it. Mm -hmm. I think that was the key thing that I got there, was a space in the company of men where the, what I kind of see as the dominant male conversation in our culture stopped. Yes. Which is along the lines of, you know, to be powerful as a man, you've got to show up with mission, purpose, you've got your shit together you don't really show emotion or when you do it's kind of muted and off to one side exit stage left and come back on again as this person who knows what the hell is going on why they're there and they're strong people will naturally follow them because they exude this charisma which is all bullshit you know it's some kind of crazy invention And at the same time, it exists. Mm -hmm. Because there are people that I've met who seem to have that and exude that. But it's not coming from their head. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that I experienced when I went through the, the coach training program, actually. Um, one of the ways I described it to um, somebody who's interested in becoming a coach themselves was, I actually don't know what I'm going to say next. That was a huge shift for me. Oh, yeah. It was just like, I've stopped filtering my conversation. It's just like, I'm saying what I'm saying and it lands where it lands. And, you know, actually, that's pretty cool. Oh, Um, yeah. When I do it, the world doesn't end. And it's that (laughs) journey, that authentic bringing myself forward Mm -hmm. that I'd seen there. And then the, the men's work was putting more on me. Because even though I was having that experience, there was still me, there was still me. And my intuition was guiding me into, in the company of men, I can get further into this and I can understand more of this. Um, and after my early experience with men's groups, I attempted to start a couple. And then it was an incidental conversation with um, um, a potential client um, on a Thursday afternoon who said, hey, do you know what's we were talking about men's work and he said, well, you know, I've, I've got a group that I sometimes go to, by the way, do you know what's happening up at Shawnigan Lake on the weekend? No. And I'd already blanked out in the time in my calendar. And it's just like Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to meditate. It's a <laughs> and he said, okay, there's this possibility that's there. And I resisted until Friday afternoon. And then at two o'clock, I went onto the website and thought, well, I'll have a look. They probably don't have space on the weekend. It's a little bit late. Three o'clock, I phoned them up. And uh, the guy on the end of the phone seemed pretty surprised. Came back on the phone again after a couple of minutes, a guy who's now a good friend, um, and said, well, if you can get here for 5.30, we've got space for you. Wow. And so I said, okay, I'll give you a commitment in an hour. I put down the phone and called up a buddy of mine and said, I think I've got myself into trouble. I need you to talk me out of it. (laughs) And I ended up on the weekend. And since then, I've been involved with that organization. I was just down in San Diego being part of a a men's weekend down there. And um, every time I get the opportunity of doing that, I go in deeper and there's like weekly work that comes with that as well. Um, And they do great work. Mm, it sounds like it. And judging by the resistance you experienced, <laughs> it also had me kind oh, of tip yeah. off that really big work, really important work for us. Isn't that funny how we often experience that, right? Right before something just so deep and meaningful in our lives, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, um, I don't, a way that I described it a few weeks ago, this came up like bizarrely in a conversation, but I've been playing with the idea since of, um, we have who we think we are. And if we're going to go through some transformative experience, we've got to let go of who we think we are mm-hmm. so that we can get further into, you know, what's here to emerge. Um, and, you know, we tend to see that at moments when there's like a loss or a change or, you know, something dramatic when we get to experience that grief and everything we associate with it. I think we're actually grieving the whole time. Living is grieving. Mm. You're always letting go. Every moment you're letting go. And so when the resistance comes up, it's just like that's kind of a recognition. Oh, I'm, I'm about to 
let go yeah. of the person who hasn't yet gone on a men's weekend so I can embrace the person who has. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that comes up time and time again. It's just like you get to a point of choice and it's just like, am I going to be the rabbit stuck in the headlights or am I going to acknowledge that, yeah, I'm going to have to let something go to move. Mm-hmm. Where I'm going is worth it. Yeah. Oh, I really, you know, what I keep getting, and there's so many things that you said that I would love to unpack and I'm, I'm going to do my best <laughs> to like drill on this one here because... Yeah. I know that you are willing to really sit with men and, and sounds like your experiences in sitting with men too. I've been in those deep experiences, not the surface level, you know, and, and what I mean by surface level is more like, you know, the sort of pseudo personal development where it's like, you know, just be more positive and more of the mindset stuff, which has its place, right? But what I'm hearing and what you're doing there is so much deeper than that. And, you know, in, in, in your program, you know, there's a you know, there's an idea that we have, I think, as women, too, of like what men's work is like, because we see what women's work is like, and we're thinking, okay, like, what's men's work like, we're, we're curious about it. If you were to pull back the veil on some of the work that you're doing with men, what would you say, what would you want women to know about it? That it takes a ton of courage. Yeah. <laughs> I think first and foremost is, um, you know, any deep work, it's that that letting go into a place where you don't know how you're going to come out the other side. Mm. You literally don't know what's going on. Um, and where I see this is kind of the men's conversation. I cannot speak to the women's conversation. I don't have that experience mm. with the, who I need to project myself as to be successful. Letting go of that is huge. Yeah. Letting go of that is a complete change in who you're being in the world. And it's, you don't let go of it all at once, but every time you come up against the edge of it, it looks like beyond this, there is disaster. Mm. And there's aspects of what shows up as you come up to those edges that. You know, there's other social conversations around men, especially men who identify as, look, we want to be supportive. We want to be in partnership with women. And this anger thing, I've seen lots of stuff out there about male anger and how that's bad. So anger's bad, right? I've got to keep that shit out of the way. Right, what else have I got to keep out of the way? Um, You know, conversations around pornography and, um, you know, the, the place of sexuality and sexual expression and different sexual expression Mm. and you know there are other things that come up you know men's fear around being seen as less than and less powerful and latent homophobia there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets on and it's all down to a fear of who i come across as Mm. and who i'm seen as and challenging that conversation can get real messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. These are, I mean, decades of conditioning and what the, we've conditioned men to believe in all of these different containers. They've had to put all these different things in and suppressing this and washing this of themselves and editing this part. I mean, it makes sense that there would be some serious unraveling there as, as there's a reflection of that in women as well, right? That we've been doing that work for a while. And what I'm really excited about and what I'm just so present to as, as you're talking is um, 
that men get that safe space to do that too. And that's so, so important. And I think just in a lot of the past conversations over the past couple of years, it's to me, I've felt, I felt pain for what men might be going through in the face of like the Me Too movement and all these different things. And while of course we want to be communicating and opening up honest dialogues, it's like, we also don't want to be throwing men under the bus and assuming that men have it all figured out. You didn't see that. I just did air quotes, <laughs> um, <laughs> but have it all figured out like that they get their process too. And they get to go into, you know, their, their um, healing and their wounds and exploring these things and un these unconditionings that we're all going through. Uh, yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Well, it's, I think with the male conversation as well, it's like, you know, the, the Dane quotes, do the air quotes thing as well. Um, the danger of being seen as a perpetrator right. in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Is especially, you know, if, you know, with men, if they're looking to be sensitive to, that can come across as like pleasing and losing their center. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I'm listening for this so that I can do the right thing. But I'm specifically looking in like the space of relationship, listening for my partner saying this so that I can do the right thing so that I will show up in a way which will be acceptable, which will be safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And anything which is a conversation that has any degree of kind of unsafe or edge to it, you know, I've experienced this with a lot of you know, certainly a large number of men that I've worked with, but them making themselves tiny right. and finding a small space and a small box that they can pack themselves into so that from that they see that they can be in relationship and have a safe space. You know, that there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, guilty as charged, I've been there what I've noticed has shifted for me the further I've got into this conversation, it actually came out with, um, with my current partner. Um, we met through online dating, mm -hmm. and, um, which was an interesting experience. Both of us were to the point of, you know, fuck plenty of fish. We're done. <laughs> um, one more, one more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick this out for another 20 minutes. And that's it. Um, but I've been talking with a, a friend and we were both looking at like our patterns and what, what had been emerging for us in relationship and we were supporting each other through this. And one of the things I saw is the way that I had written my profile was, hmm, I'm telling them about what they can expect from me. Like I'm, ah. I'm giving them a story and a picture about what they can expect from me. And... I realized it's just like, you know, I don't feel in any way sort of powerful or clear in that. And it was way too long. It was just like, you know, probably would lose somebody a paragraph, you know, 1A part subsection 4. <laughs> um, so I, I went and I rewrote it. And it was short, it was succinct, and there was challenging. It's just like, this is kind of my vision of what like healthy relationship looks like you know there are the shared dreams in it. there's there's a dance and that doesn't mean you don't make missteps it just means there's a commitment to keep moving with whatever shows up. Mm -hmm. 
and there's power and there's movement and there's passion and no, we don't know what comes next. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing like crazy here because I haven't got the profile in front of me, but it had that kind of sense to it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the sort of founding stories from my partner when she, she read my profile and um, her comment was, wow, I'm blown away. I think we need to meet. <laughs> that was a damn good start to a conversation. Yeah. Um, and what I stopped doing in that was compromising. And I think the journey that it's taken me to get to that point that it's like, I'm not looking for what somebody else can expect from me or who I want that other person to see, but I'm willing to stand in who I am and let that card fall, cards fall where they may. Now, this is my projection, but you know, from the conversations I've had with women about this, they're along the lines of, oh yeah, that's hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, somebody showing up and just saying, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think this is really a place where through men doing their work and women doing their work, mm -hmm. the space of partnership that emerges, it's just, you know, the, the distance between two hearts is occupied by all of the stories and bullshit we've ever told ourselves. And the further you can do your work to unplug that, the more that you can see the other person and the more real connection that there is and the more possibility there is of actually getting into the dance that matters. You know, there, there's a reason that we're attracted. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason we want to be in relationship. Um, and having gone around the block a few times with seeing like my old patterns in relationship, it's just like, yeah, excitement, great, sex, all of this stuff. And then, oh, shit, it kind of looks like it did last time. The challenge here in the opening is like, you know, for love and relationship to be an adventure and actually a place where you get to burn a lot of this shit. Mm. So it's like, you know, what are we going to do tonight? Watch Game of Thrones again? No, that's over. Okay, what's the next series? What's on the other channel? Versus what's making your heart sing right now? What's, what's hurting you? What are you grateful for? What's challenging? What are you looking for from me? those are you know very different conversations and very different questions to be in mm -hmm. and you know that can kind of be full-on like we're going to play transformational relationship the whole time can be exhausting i need my alone time too yeah <laughs> i get that um but the fruit of it is the time that you do get to spend together is i mean it's one of the things that um i really value and when i experience it it consistently takes my breath away is just being able to look into my partner's eyes and stop mm -hmm. and that's the process for me is involved taking a lot of stuff out of the way so that I can actually be there mm -hmm. yeah. and be with in that way so yeah that was so, deep. Oh, yeah. And, and example A, right? Like I said, you're willing to stand in that fire and really be with the depth of life. And I think that that's, 
you know, the kind of work that we're craving, the kind of spaces we're craving, the kind of conversations we're craving. It's one of the reasons why we do this on this show, because we want to have those genuine connections. And when you were saying those questions, like even just that presence and connection with another human being, we do this in a women's circle that I'm a part of, where we start by saying, how are you? And we go around and, and it's not like, hey, how are you? It's like, how are you? You know, and like the power of somebody really asking you a deep question, whether that's your partner or your friend or anything, it's like, ah, just having that real, like, I fully hear you when you say that too, instead of the Game of Thrones or the usual thing, like sitting with each other, the the invitation in that is so beautiful and just such a a disruption of our normal kind of routine, you know, robotic at times lifestyle, right? So even just that alone can create huge openings for for beauty and love and oh it's just it's stunning um i know that purpose is one of the things that is in the title of your program and one of the things i imagine you talk about you've said the word a few times and i know that we have a per- a perception of what purpose you know might be and and we were talking a little bit about that like personal development approach to purpose you know finding the thing but you just said something you know that clearing out the sort of um you know creating space and being able to stand still with the you know the direction the presence the stillness whatever's whatever's there for you to really be with um I want to I want to ask you about that and I feel like you're just going to know exactly where to go so I'm just going to put that in your space and tell you to riff (laughs) riff begins um well, the, the personal development um, side, and it's like, you know, first there's personal development and there's personal development and you, you go to a decent-sized bookshop and there's rows and rows of them. Um, my incomplete and limited experience of a lot of the literature out there is there's an awful lot of sticking plasters. Mm-hmm. Sticking plasters tend to sell ideas and tend to sell books. You know, hey, if there was a pill that would give you this experience of life, would you take it? <laughs> uh, it's kind of what we're looking for. It's just like, okay, have a pill to solve this, and then you have a different experience of life. Cool. Um, I don't think transformation, personal transformation really works like that. And so I think there's there's a bit of a distinction there for me. Is, um, in that frame... The idea of purpose um, can be seen as a magic bullet. So it's just like, hey, you don't know what you're doing. You're kind of rattling around in life. Maybe it's because you don't know your purpose here. Let's go through all these steps and all these exercises. Let's distill your purpose. Um, To me, that shows up in the same way as turning up to the gym on the 1st of January. Right. intention of getting you know the the awesome six-pack um and then you know you realize it's actually hard work <laughs> um you know the gyms make their money on people who fall by the wayside it's an unfortunate you know um fact of their business model that that is there and i think it's kind of the same with this as these sticking plaster solutions and there's a different frame that I have for purpose. When I started writing this program, I wrote down the phrase man on purpose and thought, whoa, okay, that's cool. I'm going to do that. And then I started writing 
And for me, writing is a fairly sort of intuitive process. It's just like, okay, this seems to go together. This works with this. Okay, I need to change that. It evolves. And what emerged for me was that I didn't want to do a sticking plaster. Um, what I mean by that is like an analogy that I shared with you was, um, you know, if you get this magic bullet purpose and you can stick it on top of, you know, the, the wound of your quotes broken life and great, now I've got purpose. Now I know what I'm doing and I have direction and everything else will solve itself. Is an illusion in my view. Mm -hmm. Because if you're putting that on top of something that there are cracks in, that you're not really believing, that there are conversations that are going on in your unconscious that are actually making other things happen and creating you a different experience of life and getting you to question things and move in odd directions that you don't understand and you're putting purpose on top of that, it's on shaky foundations. And it's so it's like, you know, if you you know, get a bad cut or a gash and you go into the ER, they're not going to just stuff a plaster on top and send you home. They're going to clean that thing up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same with this is the healing that you're looking for is your purpose is an expression of that. And to get to your purpose is actually a downward journey to go into, I think with the trust of, you will find it, it is there, it's innate. You cannot avoid it, it's part of our makeup as human beings, it's yeah. there. Yeah. And the only thing is there's stuff that's in the way, there's noise that's in the way, there's habitual conversations that are in the way of you seeing it. Mm. So there is this thing of, well, if I come up with a powerful purpose then, actually you've got a powerful purpose already your only job is to discover it yeah and what a great way to avoid it right is by tangling ourselves up with our mind chatter of what we think is the right thing that's my story in my 20s was like i'm going to figure out exactly what i'm here for and i'm going to find the best thing to keep me from having to look underneath the rug and at mm. what's really going on for me and the feelings i'm trying not to feel and that that noise i like that you use that word because it really does occur that way like it's this noisiness in a yeah. way that just keeps us from actually living in that authentic way. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Yeah, well, that in internal personal drama that we all seem to be kind of addicted to. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing that happens with, you know, it's at some of my other work is with organizations and groups and teams. It's the same. The only difference is there. It's like the conversation is kind of happening in the space between people and sometimes it's easier to see. But it's the same thing that there's noise that's obscuring like the real depth and the real power that's there. So, you know, what I found with writing the program was the bulk of the program is tools, approaches, conversations to let's get clear on the playing field. And it's not that in the original design of the program is 21 days and I've kind of extended the timeline of that a little bit because it needed it. Um, was to get to the point that you could actually get a space to stand in and from that vantage point look at what is meaningful for me what is something that 
you know, holds such innate value for me that I don't have to question it. And I mean, as we started, you know, on this conversation, the piece that I saw for me is the conversation that we're in as homo sapiens right now, we're in trouble. And whichever way things go, it will be the way that things go. But what I see as my contribution is I want to do everything that I can to elevate the conversation and to bring us into a space where we're recognizing and working with each other and being the, the brilliant next version of humanity that we can be mm-hmm. by getting back in touch with the stuff that we've got already because we know how to work together um it's actually a conversation that i have with myself in my 20s because you know being the you know observing politics anywhere i was kind of kind of involved in current affairs and then i discovered um the sort of political anarchist literature i went through and looked at this thing of like Peter Kropotkin, Mutual Aid, you know, a whole lot of other books. And looking at it, all of these sort of behavioral experiments and things that were done that actually showed the people are really, really good at cooperating with each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's stuff that we've, I think we've got missold this myth, which is really useful from selling capitalism point of view. Sorry, I'm getting political. We're good, we're good, we're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is you know competition yeah not what rules nature cooperation is what rules nature Ugh. yeah because you know you you just look at the world out there and the magnificent interdependence of mm-hmm. everything everything isn't competing with everything else you know you look at a rainforest and it's just mm-hmm. like the web is so intense and drawn together we evolved in that and we are intense and drawn together and we know how to work with each other. And we've got this awesome, um, like emotional operating system that's evolved that we haven't had to think about. We've kind of thrown away the user guide <laughs> and then decided that bits of it actually are not fit for purpose and need to be put away. And we relate to them in these dysfunctional ways. So it's like anger is a great example. It's just like anger amazingly useful emotion something is off i need the energy to deal with it let's do something Mm -hmm. which has turned into oh god this feeling is really uncomfortable to be with and my thinking is getting really black and white and clear which is a useful thing saber tooth tiger is coming you really want to know which way to run Mm -hmm. but if it's another human being and there's something going on in that situation it's really easy to throw it out over there and say no they're the problem they're wrong and so we end up with blame and everything that follows from that or equally we stuff it inside and it's just like something's wrong um i can't put it out there because that's not the right thing to do so i'm going to stuff it inside i'm wrong and all of the shame behaviors that follow from that. Mm-hmm. and there's another place to be with it is just like wow i've got this amazing ball of anger see the temptation to stuff it in and stuff it out but i've got this amazing ball of anger maybe i just need to go and and just mm-hmm. get the edge of it off so i can actually see what there is to do next yeah but that's part of our innate nature it's there and you know learning to work with it in a constructive and creative way 
you know, there's nothing wrong with anger, with sadness, with despair, with grief, with all of these experiences that we all have. If we get to actually be with the full range of those and see, you know, express and be with whatever's going on, it's just like, you know, sitting with someone who's devastated and learning from them and being able to share in a way that actually helps them move. Mm-hmm. Being with anger. And it's just like, it's okay that it's there. I don't have to push it away. You know, and wherever that comes from, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a father. I have challenges with my kids that occasionally there's, there's an awful lot of anger in the space with teenagers sometimes. And I think that's the key thing is like just being with it, allowing it and learning from it mm-hmm. and being curious. It's just like, okay, this stuff is coming up. It's maybe it's telling me something. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, this is wrong, I'm wrong, I shouldn't be doing this, the world shouldn't be showing up this way, uh, there's something innately wrong over there, I'm going to blame the Republicans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And actually getting to a place that you can like reflect and get in deep and it's just like, well, what am I really feeling now? Can I get in touch with that? Get in touch with what's happening in my body? And what is that doing with what's happening in my mind? Where are where are my inner conversations? What do I really believe? What am I committed to? What do I love? And working from there, it's a very different place. And that's the piece. I mean, hey, I'm a work in progress. We all are. Yeah. My intention with this whole thing is to, if I can get, in this specific case, men to that place that they can be in touch with themselves without judgment, Mm. then they can be with the world without judgment and they can actually make a difference for themselves and everyone else. Oh, I really felt the impact just then as you spoke to this. Thank you so much for the work you're doing and the spaces you're holding for men to, it's like it, it's almost like we're remembering what it is to be our natural authentic selves, these, these motions that were before they were labeled good, bad, right, wrong, you know, just the wholeness of, of who we are. And it's stunning. And what a gift that is for people to come back into that. I know it's been for me in my own life. And I can only imagine even just for, for men as well, you know, that this is, this is such big work for us. And it's, it's the safeness of that expression, you know, just remembering like, it's so okay. I know with the women's work that we do, we explore different archetypes and we go through wild woman is one of the most healing ones for women. It's like where we're, we remember that we're allowed to have that like rage and intensity and primalness and unapologetic expression. And I can imagine for men, the, the magnitude of that as well. And it really, really touches me that that's available. So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for owning that. Gosh, I just I kind of like I had something in my head there that you had said that I wanted to, to reflect back, but I just got so moved by this because it's it's such a um, such an opportunity for all of us. It really is. And what you just said there is when men get to do this work and be back with themselves without that judgment, it's like they get to go out in the world. The we can't measure the impact of that. 
you know, we really can't. And it is this, it, you know, like we're, we're saying, you know, it's like, it's, it's happening on this individual level. Like the change is happening in these small spaces, in these groups, in these communities. That's where it's really happening, you know? Um, oh, this is what I was going to say is, um, I was at a retreat recently and, and they said this thing and it really caught me. And I just thought of it as you were saying that is it's not about feeling better. It's about better feeling. And, you know, it's like, we're not trying to just get better and feel better and put the bandaid on. We're trying to learn how to feel again. We're trying to learn how to be with the feelings, you know, and be with ourselves and um, have a deeper connection to ourselves and, and the world ultimately. And it's, it, it's almost like we overcomplicate it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, we're trying all these other things, all these, you know, these books. And what was the word, the term that you use the the, I was going to say the sticky, sticky thing, but yeah, I band aid, you know, um, but really it's, it's inward. It's underneath. Like you said, it's, it's going down d- deeper into it's, it's drilling in. And I think we can often have all these reasons and these things and these books and this stuff when really it's, it's in us and it's in these, these spaces and these real honest conversations. So um, I'm excited that this is a more mainstream conversation more and more and more. <laughs> it excites me. And, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing your brilliance with us. And I want to ask you a, a question, and this is kind of an obtuse question, but I'm going to run with it anyways, is if you could put one thought or one belief into the, the minds of men, into the hearts of men around the world, what would it be and why? As you were talking, there was an idea that came up from the conversation um, that I had a while ago. Um, it was looking at joy because um, you know we're talking all about you know emotions and being with them and at the end of the day what do people actually want and I think the closest I can get for myself and I kind of project that this is what's out there for many other people is they want to feel joyful you know they want to feel you know, whatever form that takes, connected, love. Um, well, let's, just for the sake of argument, give it this label, joy. Um, and I think there is a tendency for us to get stuck on the idea that joy is something distinct from anger, sadness, despair, grief, blah, 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 blah. And so we're trying to eliminate that stuff and give ourselves more of this joy. And then we're working at all of these things. Okay, that gives me joy. Therefore, I'll do more of that. And strangely enough, it doesn't work. Mm. The more you pursue it, the more elusive it seems to be. And the conversation that changed everything for me in thinking around that, I come across this from different angles, but it was just put so succinctly, is what if joy is big enough to contain all of that? Oh, I love that. So you can be joyful and angry, joyful and grieving, joyful and despairing, joyful and heartbroken. But it's a state of being, of accepting, of allowing, of expressing, of being in the flow, that that you don't have to fight. So if there's one thing I can leave people with, it's that piece. And to have a look of where that's true. Mm-hmm. And what gives you access to it. 
and the why, I think I answered that in the first bit. I think that's what everybody's looking for. It's one of the openings that I've used with um, coaching clients is, um, you know, you've probably had this experience as well. When people come to coaching, it's just like, well, I want to get the promotion or I want to get the thing. And that's a lot of the time what motivates people to work with a coach or work with another you know, support profession is they want to get something. Um, and it's one of the pointers that I use kind of early on is, okay, well, you could be the Fortune 500 CEO with massive salary, the Maserati on the driveway, the, um, you know, the, the pinup wife, whatever may be it for you. And you could still be miserable. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You can be the monk on the corner with only the robes on his back in a begging bowl who's standing there just waiting for his next meal in bliss. Mm. There's no reason you can't have both. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the pointer in there is, I think, for me, as close as I can get is... From that place of accepting, from being open, joy is available. And from joy, it opens up so much, so much else. It mm-hmm. opens up the playfulness and connection, and you know, from there, it's like purpose, and where we go from there is kind of effortless. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, stunning. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's kind of my personal philosophy of the month: is let's let's play for this joy. Yeah. Thanks for leaving us with that. What a beautiful, yeah. And I noticed when I asked you, I said, what would you leave men with? But I love that you said people because it is, it's men and women. Let's all practice that and, and be with that. Cause that I was, I was actually, I'm going to sit with that when I get off the call with you. I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Don, for the women who are listening, who maybe have male partners who they would love to connect with you men who are maybe listening with their partners any any men that feel called to work with you, connect with you, um, and maybe women too. I mean, connect with Don anyways. You do amazing work. And uh, what would be your preferred way for them to do that? Do you like people to reach out to you on Facebook or we'll have all your details in the description too? Yeah, we'll, we'll put all those details out there. Email is, is reliable, um, you know, through Facebook and other means, you know, I'll get back to people. But the one thing that I always pay attention to is, is email and that comes in through that box is, yeah, you know, we're all most reliably and quickly get back to people. Amazing. Yeah. And Man on Purpose is available for men. The work that you're doing is stunning. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and also the vision that you have for men and women, for all of us. And again, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And reach out and share with Don what you heard in this episode. We always love to encourage each other to just be witnessed in what you hear and just share that insight, you know, kind of action it, connect with real people like you spoke to so many times in this conversation. It's that connection piece, you know, even if it's just reaching out and saying, hey, I loved listening to this. There were so many artful things that you said, so many different quotes. I made a couple notes. So hopefully we'll get you quoted on those things. <laughs> Any closing statements, my friend? Oh, I think I've, um, I think we just about covered it apart from just to say, thank you so much for the conversation. It's absolute pleasure. It's been a while since we've actually sat down and had a longer conversation. Yeah. He is in fact. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate spending the time with you and having the opportunity to go and explore this stuff a little bit deeper and riff. 
and riff. It's one of our favorite words on the show, too. Riffin. <laughs> We're just riffin. Thanks, Don. So much magic. Ladies, we'll talk to you in the next episode. And like always, share this with a friend. Share this with anybody, even somebody you don't know, even if they're not your friend yet, because this is really about spreading these conversations more out in the world and continuing to broaden how much we can reach people. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, no. Oh, no.